Bring it Dave style. Well, that sounds you, terrible. You know, well, people know to expect expect that. You think they would have learned by now? Yeah, two hundred twenty something episodes in. Yeah, they get it. Two hundred twenty episodes in, and then a hundred just to make sure that they, in case they weren't certain. Yep. No, that's Dave. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby, and Dave is very cold right now. <laughs> Do I, I don't understand because I'm all hunched over and well, you're all hunched over and shivering, and have a little uh, icicle <laughs> off the tip of your nose, and oh. you resemble Jack Nicholson in the end of The Shining. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that I am. Uh, oh, I can't remember the character's name now. Cold Miser. But not Cold Miser. No. Iceman from the X Men. <laughs> no. Frosty Jack were, from something I just made much up. Go back because you're warmer. Flaky J, but the, the character, man made of snow, the character, the character that they one step, one foot in front of the other. Who's that guy? That was Santa Claus. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Remember, he's like a a, cra- a crabby old guy who had like, like uh, he's, he's Burger Meister Meister Burger. Not Burger Meister Meister Burger. No, no. Out in out in the the forest, the guy was, who sang to Santa Claus and said, I think "Put it one was, foot in front of the it other." It wasn't a year without. Yeah, it wasn't a year without a Santa Claus. No, this was the origin story it was of the Santa. Sa- the Santa Claus. Welcome to, to our town. delayed Christmas episode. <laughs> okay, but he he re- he was a very cold guy. Mm-hmm. So... But he wasn't cold miser because cold miser and heat miser are from a year without a Santa Claus. Okay, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, the origins, the secret origins of Santa Claus. Pretty good, pretty good episode. It's yeah. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, with Fred Astaire as the as the uh, narrator. Back when Santa was young, hot, and redheaded. Did yes. You expect that anybody? Oh. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, there was a scene where there was a guy who wouldn't let him through the, through the forest or through the pass or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of, he's so crabby. He was like made of snow, but he had a icicle hanging from his nose. And that was oh, a long, okay. long way around to that reference, everyone. Sure. That I did not know. All right. And I've offered David an electric blanket, which we have here, <laughs> uh, which has been used by your wife. Mm-hmm. Is that why? Because you don't want to use something your wife no, used? No, I, we share an electric blanket at home. Okay. That's fine. All right. But if you at any point need it, mm-hmm. say so. I will. And I will supply you with it. And we'll make no noise. It will just warm mm-hmm. you up. Mm-hmm. All right. So, folks, anyway, Dave's it's really appealing. cold. It's appealing. Please send your blankets, I too. Worked, I worked outside all day at work oh, in the okay. rain. What? Yeah. It's my own choice. Because you like working out in the cold we're, in the rain? We're just No, it's not that I choose to, but it's just we're not. We're kind of in our lull. We're in our seasonal lull right now in terms of uh, sales. People don't buy garage doors in the wintertime? Not as much. Not as much. It would seem like they would buy more to keep themselves warm. Keep themselves warm. Right? Doors. But after Christmas, a lot of inessential purchases are... Do people... Okay, I was wondering. Do people buy garage doors as Christmas gifts? No, I don't think they buy them as Christmas gifts. gifts, But I think people who who need home improvement, whether it's a new fridge or a garage door or whatever... Are out of money. Yeah, right now it's kind of a low it's, cash it's kind of a low cash situation. Very good, understood. Yeah, it's just like when I was a farrier, I could pretty much guarantee that I would not get any calls until mid-January. Oh, and once people got their first paycheck after Christmas, yeah, time to call the farrier. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, I got to do our uh, uh, our plugs. announcements. Yes, plugs and plugs and. Oh, well, can I can I make an announcement then? Uh, of course you can. It's your show. This is an important announcement. Please. We have a contest going on right now. There you are. Tell, and, tell the folks about it. And it's pretty simple. All and you have we've to do, had quite a few entries. We've had a lot of entries, so we thank you. Every, thank everyone who's entered. Um, it's too bad that only one will leave the ring. Well, it's like uh, it's like they used to say on the breakfast cereal uh, ads, many will enter, one will win. Which I always thought was pretty cocky, because mm-hmm. they said that at the beginning of the contest, like, yep. how do you know many will enter Frosted Flakes? 
But Frosted Flakes, you know, <laughs> they really, uh, really threw it out there. They knew. But you know what they think? They yep. think they're great. They literally think they're <laughs> they great. They literally think. You're right. They do. Uh, so all we need are three topics. Breakfast cereal is an example of a topic you could send in, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to hear us talk about. But it's things that you would like us to talk about. So it's your chance to have a show just for you, because this is the idea of the show. It's not going to be heard by anyone else but you, contest winner. Unless you want to listen to it with someone. Unless you want to listen to it with someone. Unless you want to broadcast it yourself. You can do whatever you want with it. It's your show. Mm-hmm. You can put it onto a CD and throw it out the window if that's what you want to do. But that's all it takes. So you can... Uh, Choose three topics. And by the way, those topics are changeable. If you change your mind later on and think, you know what? I was in a bit of a rush and I don't really like the topics I chose. I want to ask them about milk. You can do that if you want. So uh, you can contact us through the various ways. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Just milk? The various, we can talk about milk if you want. <laughs> Seems like an odd topic. Why would you choose milk? Actually, I've got a reason to talk about milk. We'll talk about that. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Write it down. Done. <laughs> sure. And uh, well, finding topics as we go. Well, if you had milk on your list, cross it off, because we're apparently going to get deep and heavy into milk. Well, I had milk, uh, stick of butter. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think of the Sesame Street thing. <laughs> Loaf of bread, <laughs> carton of milk, stick of butter. I don't know what that is. You don't know what that no, is. No, I don't. Well, luckily, our listeners do. <laughs> Quite a few of them do. The really young ones don't, but other ones do. Okay. All right. Uh, so there you go. So that's a contest. So you had to plug yourself. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a plug for something we're both doing. Um so uh, we've been talking about how Sparks is uh, our, our book uh, coming out from Scholastic uh, on February 28th. Uh, I wrote it. Nina Matsumoto. Oh, it was the 27th. Uh, sorry, 27th. You're correct. Uh, Nina Matsumoto uh, drew it. Uh, Dave colored it. Uh, we're having a book launch and we've locked down a date. Uh, it is March uh, uh, 8th, which is a Thursday at Kids Books here in Vancouver. Okay. March 8th. Thursday. Are we going? Are we going to do a live Sneaky Dragon from uh, Kids Books? Probably not, because this is a R-rated show, and we won't be doing it at Kids Books. <laughs> it's not R-rated. It is at best mature. No, you've well. What's it at say worst, on our immature. on our uh, on our iTunes thing? It says it's explicit. Yes, it doesn't say it's R-rated. Because we say fuck all the time. You say fuck all the time. You just said it yourself. I did not say fuck. You said it twice now, <laughs> sir. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> there you are. No, we probably won't do a podcast, but we will be there. <laughs> And uh, I'll be signing stuff. Uh, Nina will be drawing probably uh, uh, cats in books that you do. And, and I'm going to ask Dave nice. if he'll color those cats <laughs> that, uh, sure. that that she draws. Okay. Or maybe a dog. Who knows? Mm. And I haven't even asked Nina if she wants to draw in the books. But I assume she will because that's what she does with the Simpsons books. Yeah. You know, this. You know, maybe she will. I, but I, I can't speak for her. No. You know, don't. Unless she drops by again. Then we could just ask her directly. <laughs> Occasionally, she just drops by. That was nice. I think she lives in the building. Mm. I think that's the secret that will be revealed <laughs> like later on in the thing. Anyway, uh, Thursday, March 8th at Kids Books. Uh, it's a great bookstore. And you're going like, oh, hey, I don't read kids books. Well, first of all, buy Sparks. It's good all ages book. It's just funny. Read it. And also, they have books for grownups there, too. So go. And uh, it would be nice to say hi to you. Uh, March 8th. And uh, also, uh, the Critical Hit Show is happening, as it always does, last Wednesday of the month here in Vancouver. Live, role-playing, kind of, uh, you know, like you have a dragon, you have a dungeon, but it's not Dungeons & Dragons, because that's copyrighted. Uh, We do our own thing. Uh, That's at the Rio Theatre on January 31st. So I'll be there, and I'll be uh, playing a half-elf cleric, as I normally do. And one day, I'll learn how to play role-playing games. (laughs) I don't really understand how they work, but I've been doing it. Yes, 
And there we go. I so think milk. You do you understand how they work? Milk. Just I just want to say one thing oh. before we go to the milk. You've got it written down, so we're not going to forget it. But I just want to say this okay. one little thing because we were talking a couple weeks ago. Sure, sure. About some British sitcoms. We're never going to get to milk, by the way. Porridge, which goes well with milk, which goes well with milk. <laughs> and then you had said that um, that uh, they had done a, a later version of porridge where they they got get out of pri- prison. Get out yeah. of prison. Was I which wrong? Was, no, no, you're right. It was called Going Straight. Oh, very good. And so um, the name of the actor who was in the show with with Ronnie uh, Barker, mm-hmm. who played the kind of the the all knowing prison, the long long term prison con. I can't remember the character's name in that. Uh, maybe it was Porridge. Maybe that was Porridge. Was that Porridge, or was this Porridge like a like some sort of like unpleasant element of pr- prison that you have to eat porridge in the morning or all day it, long? I, I think it was an act that they performed on each other in prison. That's not funny. We were sponsored by Porridge. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that is funny. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, but the actor is named Richard. By the way, it's not a negative. At, if you're thinking like I'm saying, like something they do in prison and they do a porridge on each other, mm-hmm. you're thinking like, oh, that's like a violent thing. No, it's not. Oh, it's a loving. It's not necessarily character. even loving. It's oh, just it's something loving that, that occurs. It's just a neutral thing. Yeah. It has no value. Whatever you're way. putting onto it, that's uh-huh. on you. I'm not assigning um, a negative quality mm-hmm. to this thing. Okay. I wouldn't do that type of joke. But I would do a vague joke, which you yourself could yeah, um, put in whatever direction you want to aim that car in. That's fair, up to you. Fair enough. All right, enough. back to uh, Porridge. So anyway, so he was doing the show Going Straight. They did one season of it. And then I thought he died in a car accident. But he actually died of a heart defect at the age of 31. Oh, sorry to And he was the father, or is the father, or I guess he was the father, of Kate Beckinsale, the uh, oh, wow. actress that I, I like so much. Oh, very nice. All right. Well, I'm She's sorry been in about two the first Whit part. Stillman films. All right. And I'm, I, that's very uh, neat uh, trivia there. Mm-hmm. And would you re- recommend that people see the show Porridge? Yes, it's an excellent show. I have never seen Going Straight, though, so I cannot recommend it. Very good. But would judging you... by the, the quality of Porridge, it was probably pretty good. Pretty good. I uh, just on a side note, I visited uh, with a, a friend of mine uh, yesterday. We went to um, uh, the Pie Hole, where you and I mm-hmm. uh, went mm-hmm. uh, recently. And uh, much like much like you, she enjoys a cold pie. Oh, good! I'm on her side. Yeah, and I went with a cold pie that day too. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I, I think it was a good choice. Yeah. So uh, Dave is anti the warming of pie. I am. I am. Uh, and uh, prefers a cold pie. Mm-hmm. So like an apple pie. Will I, will I heat that up, put a little ice cream on that for you? Dave will say, no, sir. No, thank you. I'd like it cold. But would you put the ice cream on it still? Oh, yes. Ella mode is, is the mode, is the fashion. But um, I like, I don't, yeah, I, like if I make pies, which I do quite often, I like to make them early in the day mm-hmm. so that they'll be cool by the time we have dinner. Do you like them cold? Would you like them out I of like the I like them fridge? out of the fridge. That's my favorite way to have Almost anything is cold. Okay. Even spaghetti. But, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, but you like it in a sandwich as well. So like this it. is, anytime you bring like it spaghetti, it's sandwich, a, just a terrible situation. Oh my God. What a world this is. So, would you like a, would you like a cold glass of milk? Oh, yes. bring this up. Yes. But the reason I like a cold pie is because oh, it's Oh dear Lord, I'm never going to get to this milk thing. <laughs> it's set. And it's not even a good thing to bring up. I just want to get it out of the way so oh, we can move on. it's a terrible on. thing to bring up. All right, go ahead. But it's, uh. No, actually it's not. Because it's, uh, are you talking about things that aren't too bad to throw up? Okay, I'm going to say, sorry, it's, it's, it's not fun to talk about vomiting, but I've got to say the best vomit I ever had was, was a time, uh, when I just had a blizzard mm. and I was like really ill. Yeah. And then as I threw it up, it was actually very soothing and cold. And I went like, I don't like throwing up, <laughs> but if you have to throw up, have a blizzard first, oh, okay. but not with chunks of stuff in it. Yeah. Like have like the small kind of things. Mm. And again, I'm sorry to bring up vomiting on yeah. our show. Terrible. All right. Back to David. Okay. What do, what do you like eating? You're... I like, I like to drink milk. Let's talk about milk. <laughs> 
okay, why I'm, why I'm bringing up milk is uh, I was a little worried. Uh, I read a thing in the paper that there was a cheese shop that was opening up uh, on Main Street. And then I realized it was opening up in what was the location of an art supply store that I really like that's in this building. And I went like, oh, no. Well, what about that nice art supply store? Yeah. But I just went downstairs and found out that the art supply store has actually like moved into a little bit of a space next to it. So it's fine. The art supply oh, okay. store is still there. But the cheese shop is a little unique because it is a vegan cheese shop. Ugh. No milk. <laughs> no milk. And actually, I know. I know. The initial thing is like, oh, no. But yeah. uh, I am curious to try it because... Uh, they've been successful uh, at, in 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 other ventures they've done. And like, if you can make cheese without milk, I'd like to see what the hell you do. How do you mm. how do you get those flavors going? Let's yeah. let's yeah. check that out. So that's opening, okay. I think, like in two days here. Hmm. A vegan cheese shop, and I will report on it next week. Hmm. Are you a fancy cheese man? Do you like a fancy cheese anyway? Um, what's a fancy cheese? A like, fancy cheese, like a, a Stilton. Like I'll go, I'll go a Stilton. Well, a Stilton isn't a fancy, but like we're getting mm. up to blue cheese, that kind of thing. You like a a strong cheese, like a stinking bishop? Do you like a? <laughs> do you like like a weird cheese? Like if someone goes, we got Are a we cheese the... plate. Do you go for the cheddar or do you sure. go for the weirdo cheese in the back? Because I go for the weirdo cheese always. Is that right? Yeah, I like to, I like a strong weird cheese. Like mm. go nuts. Okay. Let me I like just... going to England and, and really getting a freaky mm. cheese. Mm. Well, that's okay. Let's let's back up a little bit here. Have a little fig with that. Because what's you know what is the one thing people say about British cuisine? What do they say about it? It's bland, right? That that's is, our idea. It's meat and potatoes. That is the stereotype. Bland, but actually they like the hottest mustard, like such hot mustard. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then their cheeses are, are very very like flavorful, like uh, like a, that Wensleydale. Which I thought was could be kind of a bland cheese because I always talk about it in Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. And so I assumed from that that it was sort of like, I don't know, the Brit- British equivalent of cheddar cheese. Do they have cheddar cheese? The British equivalent of American cheese. You know what I mean? Like a kind okay. of a bland. They do have cheddar cheese, yes. Okay. A bland sort of, you know, all round cheese. But actually, Wensleydale is a very flavorful cheese. Almost, It is almost a blue cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like it quite a bit. I do like flavorful cheeses, but I do not like, I don't like sort of runny cheeses. So I'm not really into like, um, the kind that uh, I can't remember the kind that is because I don't like it, but um, you know it comes in like a skin, mm-hmm. and then it's always kind of like brie. Yeah, it's always sort of it looks like, like it's, a brie. Looks like it's sinking out of it, like it's yeah. sort of falling apart, and you just I do like a brie, but it's yeah. like you're not. Doing I've had your, a brie bad brie experience. It's doing a bad job. Yeah, I had a bad brie experience and was very sick from a bad brie, but but you know it was. It was a it was a hippie party, man, and it was just like they had a lot of brie, and mm. they were very proud of their brie. And mm. you know, later on, uh, recently, I've been watching this show, Runaways, and uh, and That's two right. of, two of the villains they're famous for bringing brie to a party, mm-hmm. and everyone's angry when they bring this brie, and it was like, yeah, they are villains; they bring a brie to a party. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, good call. They are they are the yeah. darkest of the villains. I don't like because bad brie. Mm-hmm. Good brie, yeah, it's fine. But I do like a blue cheese. Yep. I do like a. Uh, I don't like goat cheeses very much. Okay. I'm not into goat cheeses. Okay. Like chevre, that's a goat cheese. That's cheese, yeah. Uh, feta is okay, but once again, it's you know. I've never really seen the point of feta. My wife likes feta a lot. Feta mm-hmm. is just like, well, that's I don't know, it's a thing. <laughs> Might as well crumble up some salt lick and put it on your uh, whatever you need. Depends on the use, but yes. Yeah, I mean, if whatever you like is whatever you like, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I find most of those British cheeses that are very strong, which I do like, are like, oh, this used to involve drinking and smoking. And if you're a smoky, drinky person, then you want a nice, really strong cheese to cut through the fact that you've smoked and you've killed your taste buds. Well, but... and also you want something that makes you drink more, and so you want something that's against. <laughs> strong to keep you drinking the salty but but i mean you could 
I mean, can you say that about France? They they smoke. They're famous smokers with their yeah. Galois cigarettes, but their their cheese isn't always as flavorful as like a brie isn't like a super strong flavor. I don't no, think. but a brie isn't their main cheese. They also, I mean, France has a lot of fancy, crazy cheeses as well. Yeah. If you're in a, if you're actually, I'd say they'd have fancier, crazier cheeses than England. Mm-hmm. But France's? I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Such as? I don't. I some French names. <laughs> They're all weird names, you Are know. They? Yeah, le bonnet le bouche, you know, it's like you the burn your bush, you know, kind of thing. Mm. It's just it's fine, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like a, I like a crazy cheese. I almost I almost made a cheese plate the other day. Uh, I'm I may in the in the near future. We'll see. I like uh, making those, and you put a little again. You put some dried fruit on there and some other stuff, mm-hmm. and some grapes. Uh, Lisa nice. likes to do that as well. She is well into uh, what's her favorite cheeses? cheese? Lisa's favorite cheese. Oh, that's a very good question. Because a husband should know, husband, even though I don't know what my wife's favorite cheese is. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, a, what we commonly have, I think I'm going to say a Havarti. Okay. She really, that's a uh, favorite sort of sandwich cheese for her. Okay. But if I make a grilled cheese sandwich, I almost always just use cheddar cheese and, and mozzarella together. Do you shred them before? Or you, no, you I don't slice? shred them. I just shred, slice them thin. Okay. And I cook at a low temperature so they melt. Do you ever put a little Parmesan on the outside? I do not do that. Should put a little Parmesan on the outside. Yeah. Crisp it up. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean the powder stuff. The real oh, stuff. Okay. The real. The real. The shit. real Parmesan. The real shit. <laughs> and then you crisp it up. Then you got a nice crisp outside. Ah, that's good stuff. And that was milk talk. But that was even milk, really. We didn't even All talk right, about milk. We talked uh, about cheese. I don't. Uh, I don't have milk on cereal. There. There's milk talk. There's some straight milk. Do you have talk water on cereal? Do I have water on cereal? Yeah. Good God, no. Okay. What? Do I have water on I just, cereal? I just heard about... I just get in a bathtub, I throw some Fruit Loops in there, and I just die for them. Well, I didn't say that, but uh, I just heard this is Water? A, yeah, I just heard this is a thing yesterday. People having water People on their cereal? People having water with their cereal, yeah. Why? I don't even know. Because I like milk on my cereal. What I, a nightmare. Well, I, I, think, like... I think milk on cereal is a nightmare as well, but yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Again, if you like you it. seem very uh, texture conscious yeah. of uh, when well, you eat. Well, it feels like cereals are the right texture. They're nice and they're crunchy and they're delicious. And then like, I'm going to add some milk to it. Why? Now you've got milk mm. tastes okay as milk. Yeah. But now would you like your milk to be more? Like if you buy milk, mm-hmm. you, don't, you do get chocolate milk. Yes, so you I do. go like, okay, I can understand milk yeah. on a chocolate cereal. You but get you strawberry don't, flavored milk. But you don't have uh, Captain Crunch flavored milk. And just like, oh, you really like that milk, huh? How you could. I just give you that. Yeah, you could. I do like that, though. But I like, because I like a cold, because I, I like my milk very, very cold. Yeah. So I like when you finish your cereal, there's a nice cold bowl of milk. Well, let me, let me say, there's a, uh, and we've had this discussion with Nina, who I believe is in the building somewhere, <laughs> um, where uh, you're trying to actively not. Uh, if there's other cultures' foods that you don't find like good, to like dismiss them and don't be that kind of jerk. Here's here's the one thing that, that disgusts me more than anything else. Like any food that possible on yeah. the list of, with the exception of say eating a live octopus. Don't spaghetti, do that. Spaghetti I don't like sandwiches. That spaghetti sandwiches are close, close. <laughs> I would say that'd be a three. I don't even know what okay. a two would be, but the okay. number one yep. grossest thing yep. for me. Yep. Someone drinking milk out of a bowl after they've eaten cereal. Cannot oh. look at it. Oh, is that right? Cannot stand it. I do it every morning. Like, like it just it feels like someone just grabbed my stomach and squeezed as hard as you could. That's so just weird. Just retching horror oh, that you're drinking this it. weird milk out of a it. bowl. Like just picking it up in a bowl and mm-hmm. drinking milk. Sure. Like I have a hard time drinking miso soup because when I p- pick up the bowl to drink it, it, it reminds me of that. And I'm like, oh, good God, <laughs> put that out of my head. And uh, there you go. But then again, I'm drinking tofu then. So that's right. other people would have You're drinking miso there. soup. I'm the one that's going, Ugh. Um, 
the yeah i really like it i mean i don't put sugar in my cereal so do you have sugar cereal i don't have sugar cereal what's no. your, what's your cereal raisin bran okay well that's got sugar in it though does it oh i'd oh, say okay. so yeah i'd okay. say if you look in the back and see what's the worst oh, they, they, they all have sugar in yeah. them but yeah and um, also raisins are basically sugar that's fine they're a healthy sugar and then milk is basically they're a sugar. fruit they're You're a just fruit drinking sugar. a bowl of sugar frankly no <laughs> i mean yes every the sugar is in a lot of things it's just, yeah. it's different though than that the sugar in a a, a sugar in a bottle of or a bottle say in a bottle of milk is different mm. than the sugar you get in a coke because the sugar you're getting is energy plus calcium and other over time oh, other <laughs> vital things that you're getting whereas a coke you're just getting a thing of cereal and not much else you're getting a cereal with your coke sorry i think i think of sugar <laughs> a bottle of sugar did you put some cereal in that I coke as well might have i might have put some fruit loops in there i wonder how many people put coke on their cereal <clears throat> we weren't allowed to have extra we were allowed to have thing. sugared cereal so i never really developed a taste for it I think it's okay, but I don't think it's great. I like it, uh, but not for breakfast. That seems a crazy time to have it. Like <laughs> I could see it as a like I've been I've been really cutting back the sugar, but like uh, like as a snack at night, like have a, some Fruit Loops in a bowl. That'd be nice. Mm -hmm. I'd enjoy that. Or a Captain Crunch would be also be quite nice. Mm. Remember, you used to have a Captain Crunch shirt, so you could have the shirt, yeah. but you couldn't have the actual I, Captain Crunch. I had a Captain Crunch watch. Because my dad used to work for Quaker Oats. Would he just be like saying time for time for Captain Crunch? It was uh, breakfast time. It was a weird watch. It uh, was How's white. That? It was white, and then the, the the crystal on it was like a was stuck up like a big bubble. Mm -hmm. And then I guess it was magnifying the the uh, dial. I don't really know. Oh, neat! But it had Captain Crunch, and I thought that was pretty darn cool. Is uh, is is that watch still with us? No, no, that watch. What happened to that point. watch? I have no idea. I cannot remember now. All Sorry. Right. I Did remember. you get it out of a box of cereal or buy it separately? No, my dad gave it to me because he had them from work. Because he worked for Quaker Oats. Very nice. Yeah, he All was right. a salesman for Quaker Oats. So. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Oh, is that where you got your shirt as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he just really merched up his kid. He just that's right. <laughs> Rather than buy clothes for us, he just took stuff out of the storeroom at work and brought it home. Did either of your brothers also wear uh, uh, Quaker Oats merchandise? I don't. I think Big my, Quaker face on their I chest. I think so. Why not? I'm not saying it's not a why not situation. It's just yeah. did it happen or not? Yeah, I don't remember. It's not an accusation. Uh, I don't even remember wearing a Captain Crunch shirt. I'm just taking your word for it. Oh, you did. Yeah, you used okay. to regularly wear a Captain Crunch shirt. Well, and I thought this guy likes Captain Crunch <laughs> enough to wear a shirt that says Captain Crunch on. I did like the character. I didn't. I never really got to eat the cereal though. Yeah, the only times we ever had uh, breakfast cereal that was sweetened was Christmas, and we'd get those variety packs of the tiny. Ones, oh, that's great! And you'd eat all the good mm -hmm. ones, and then be left with cornflakes or like Rice Krispies or whatever <laughs> yeah, the ones. Yeah. Even though Rice Krispies also has enormous amounts of sugar in it. Is that right? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Like, mm -hmm. I think if we just like broke out the ingredients list of all this stuff, mm -hmm. that would be like way up there it's like when i was looking uh when i realized i couldn't really have a lot of salt and i, I started looking up uh the sodium content on just like anything and mm -hmm. just went jesus <laughs> like it's crazy and everything and then you're like then you look at the sugar and just go jesus like it basically if it's got an ingredient list on it fuck it you can't you can't like it's just it's bananas Ugh, throw your hands up in the air and walk away well, what kind of world is this to live in yeah nuts we just soak our stuff in that. You just got to buy stuff that's its own thing and then make things with it. But, I mean, so salt. Yes. Are you talking about like 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 when we cook at home or are you talking about like processed food? I'm talking about food that you would get in a box. Anything okay. that's got like a box yeah. that's got an ingredient list on the side. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. About now, what percentage of my sodium for the day is this? Mm. 65. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Huh. It's just ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not a huge salt eater. 
that you know of. I mean, well, yes, but I mean, I don't, I don't like, to, I don't put salt onto food. Like, I don't add extra salt. Nope. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, we'll be going to a restaurant probably after this. Yes. And if you actually looked up the ingredient and then saw how much salt they put into restaurant food, mm-hmm. you'd just be going, there's no way you could go, you're not a big salt eater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I mean, that's, to me, that's different. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah, you're enjoying the, f- the food because it has some salty element to it, like McDonald's fries, for instance. Which are, yeah, just very salty. crazy salty, yeah. Um, but, like, you know what has a lot of salt? Like, almost half of your daily requirement of salt. Yeah. Um, a hamburger. And I mean, sure. not a Big Mac. Yeah. I mean, a hamburger. Mm. Just that. Yeah. That's like, that's like all, more than half of the salt you should have in a day is in that. And it's the simplest little thing that you eat in, like, two bites, and you're done. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. They just they salt the meat. I, I guess. guess so. I assume so. Or maybe there's also salt in the bun. Maybe there's salt in the everything. And if you have a cheeseburger, it's even more. I guess that's why we like it so much. Yeah. We like salty things. We like fat, salt, and sweet. Absolutely, yeah. Mm, why not? <laughs> that's a that's a that's a fair point. I mean, you know, life's yeah. short. Yeah, it's and it can be shorter. You can't you can't I mean it can be shorter, but you know, you can make it seem longer too. You know you know how you can make a day seem very long? Is if you just sat in a chair and stared at a wall all day long. Okay. That can make your day very long. And you can make your life very long by eating vegan cheese, which is the equivalent of sitting in a chair <laughs> staring at a wall. So, you know, you can enjoy your life. And yes, it might be a little shorter. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I don't think it'd be, you know, hugely shorter than it, you know. I'm talking in moderation. I'm not yeah. saying that you just eat, eat yourself into the ground. No, I understand. I've done a couple of things in the last couple of weeks where uh, we've we've done a couple of different changes. One is we only eat in the first eight hours of the day, trying to do that generally. Okay. Um, I'm not going to fast food places anymore. That would be like I'll go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. but I won't uh, go to say like a, like a McDonald's or whatever. I'll try to avoid that. Yep. And I'm not drinking sugar. I will have a dessert if there's a dessert at the restaurant or yep. something like that. Yep. But like I will not be drinking sugar. Occasionally I'll drink. I got like in front of me, I got a Diet Pepsi right now. Yep. Uh, but for the most That's part, not sugar. I'll, what's that? That's not sugar. It is not sugar. I will, uh, it's not great. But it's not sugar. Um, <laughs> but I will try to drink like a coffee or a tea or something like that. And that's that's the okay. trickiest bit yeah. is is to avoid that. And mm-hmm. and for the most part, we've been fine with the uh, just in the first eight hours. But there are times because we stay up quite late. Yes, that you're you know it's like getting it's getting on tempting. and you're just like yeah. ugh here we go yeah. But you do wake up like going oh shit let's let's get some breakfast which yeah, is yeah. Uh, which is an unusual feeling for me. Normally I wake up and go ugh the idea of eating in the morning is just so <laughs> terrible. Huh. That yeah, I do not. Yeah, I don't eat in the evening because I don't know. I always had this idea that it was bad for you. I remember one time as a teenager eating a sandwich while watching David Letterman, and it felt so guilty as if I'd <laughs> oh, I'm gonna feel this tomorrow. But of course I did, and I was a teenager. Just, yeah, you just burned through. I it. just burned through it all. Probably just sitting there watching David Letterman. Yeah, it was enough for me to burn it all up. But yeah, that doesn't really happen so much anymore. I tend to feel it not not super amount, but. Uh, I got a nice compliment the other day from someone. They said, they told me that many, he said, you know, a lot of 50-year-olds would trade bodies with you. I said, oh. I said, but would they trade the work? <laughs> would they trade the effort that went into this body they want to trade? That's that's what I want to know. Well, I mean, it's impressive they have the power to trade bodies in the first place. Well, yeah, I hope, you know, and if they're doing it, they shouldn't <laughs> tell the person. Right. Just do it. Also, trade bodies. I would say, like, trade bodies with, say, a millionaire or something like that. That would be that'd probably be a better way to go, and then like just get a personal yeah. trainer, and then like you know work it out. Mm-hmm. Get a couple of those guys who do the Marvel people, and uh, yeah. and, and really get nice and buff. I mean, my my life is great for me, mm-hmm. but I don't think you know it's probably it's it's an acquired taste. 
And probably not. No one else would really enjoy my can life you, the way I enjoy it. Can you change bodies back again afterwards in this swap body situation? Because mm. I would say then get be the millionaire, earn a lot of money, and then slip a little <laughs> that money to yourself, then change bodies back. <laughs> if you had that body, but wouldn't you be the millionaire? Because I don't. You think would I'm, be the millionaire until you swap bodies back with yourself. But you would give that money then to you, the other person, mm-hmm. or put it into your mm-hmm. bank account because you. No, also... no. I just meant if you're. Oh wait, swapping yeah, the millionaire's bodies. now in your body though. Shit, that's a problem. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, we gotta lock him in a basement or something. <laughs> nah, goddammit. Yeah, then he you knows really, he's kidnapped and yeah. he knows, uh, that's a lot of trouble. It is. And I'm just, I'm just thinking that it's more likely the millionaire who'd be swapping the bodies. Because mm-hmm. you, poor schlub that you are, you can't afford body swapping technology. That's for rich people. Yeah. What are the ones who are having a heyday swapping bodies with who, whoever they feel like? I was, uh, I was talking to a friend yesterday who, um, went to a really rich person's house. And it's like a really rich person's house. And how do you know that you're in a really, really rich person's house? Well, let me let me tell you. Helicopter landing pad? No. Okay. This is how you know. Yep. Because you go out in the balcony, and it's like it's on the water. Yeah. That's where really rich people live. That's that's true. And then you see people in the water, Uh and you go like, "There's four people in the water." Yeah. Like they're like, "Are those scuba divers?" And like they are scuba divers. Well, uh, well, what do scuba divers doing out there? And it's like they're the security guards. And they got to hire these security guards to be in the water. Yeah. So people don't come in to the house. Yeah. Because they've got security and they got to have it all the way. So you got to have it on the water side as well because there's stuff in the house that's worth stealing. Yeah, yeah. And there's people in the house that are worth kidnapping. Yeah. So, you, you know, my my thing I was saying afterwards was like, you want to be rich, but you don't want to be four scuba divers <laughs> in the water rich. Yeah, yeah. That's too rich. That's too rich. One scuba diver in the water is probably too rich. I don't... You don't yeah. want that kind of thing. Yeah. I know, like, people... Your dream is you win the lottery and then you don't tell anyone. But I don't think you're allowed to win the lottery without them telling people that you won the lottery. Because but how many people read that magazine? Because that's how they know, right? Enough that when you win, your phone is ringing off the hook. Well, I think mad. there's people that just like look at all the time. That's true. Well, and also, so so what? No one answers the phone anymore except you. You're the yeah. only phone answerer. <laughs> well, if it rings, I'll answer it. I know you will. No one else does that. That's new. That's, to, that's a that's an that's old a strange thing. strange idea that you just let people call and not answer i mean if why it's... what do you want to talk to them about they'll leave a message and then you go oh i see that's the kind of thing i want to talk <laughs> uh, i don't to want to call them back that's worse for me oh you I, want to, you can't you can't call them back that does i make prefer sense. i prefer just to talk to them right away and not have to call them back i have a fr- i have a friend who uh had money for a while i think they okay. still have money oh. um but uh and this is this Good is planning. a story i won't say who their name is because it's sure. a sad story but it's a sad story that has no sympathy for uh one element of the story okay and the, and the story goes uh they uh they had a house and they had a second they had a second house wow okay so they got two houses and you know what you can have two houses if you're a wealthy person why not have two houses they weren't in the same city they were okay one was in the city one was in the suburbs Hmm. okay so uh they got this the other house and you know they're doing the thing where they want to keep the other house in case they want to sell the house in the future yeah you know it's a property thing so you're gonna you know maybe sell it and it's it's good security so uh, they're, they're leaving, uh, for a while, uh, to go somewhere and they ask, uh, that house, to, they need someone to look after that house. Yeah. So they get someone to look after that house mm-hmm. and that person, uh, turns it into a crack house. 
Ooh. and starts running prostitutes out of it. And then it all goes to shit, and it's uh, it destroys it basically. Yeah. If you've ever been in, uh, if you've ever been in a crack house, but if you've ever seen <laughs> the end result of a drug house, yeah. you it's it's useless at the end of it. You got to tear the fucker down. There's yeah. nothing that can be saved. Yeah. Tear the copper out of the walls and, and and call it a day. So it's so it's awful. It's a really sad thing that they trusted this person, and there you go. Mm-hmm. The element of the story that then stands in the way of any sympathy for my friend is the person they got to look after it was their butler oh and that they had their butler do it wounds it for people once they once you hear that a person has a butler any empathy you have for them about anything just goes poof poof away (laughs) it's just it's just it's just ridiculous the idea like you go like we have a maid that's fine yeah we have a butler fuck you (laughs) (laughs) it just doesn't work right yeah and so like it was a butler that turned into a pimp Mm. and uh you know or as my other friend said a bimp (laughs) <laughs> it's that rare mixing of mixing butler of, of butler pimp a bump really yeah so like yeah. my my other thing about that is if you're hiring a butler a good question to ask them is you know uh so you're a butler yeah uh how much uh, pimping do you do and if the answer is any then call it a day move on yeah or like uh how much crack do you sell then again if it's any amount i don't care what references they have no 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 dice mm. so again i also wouldn't want to be butler rich but I would like no, to have enough. No. I would like to have a good amount of money. But I don't want scuba divers. I uh, have to protect my family, and yeah. I don't want to have a butler that's going to uh, turn <laughs> my house into a crack house when I leave. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Two two parts that or two comments I have to make on that. Well, first is unless it's Cadbury, he was the greatest butler there is. Cadbury is great, or perhaps Alfred. Yeah. Alfred um, really needs more uh, help at the mansion, though. He does. Isn't there just the aunt who lives there as well? Oh, are you talking on the TV show? I guess that's what I'm mixing it up with. Yeah. Okay, so what the hell was her name? Aunt Gladys? Aunt could be. Aunt fuck, what was her name? <laughs> Can you think about that? I'm just gonna say my say my thing. First thing Aunt is Aunt Harriet. Oh, Aunt Harriet. Nice, nice. So was she Who a, should have been Was she uh, a spy? She was not a spy. Oh, okay. Though she should have been the villain Mad Harriet, who is a Batman villain, who mm. is like an Easter themed villain. <laughs> that would have been good. So, first thing is I would like to be butler rich, but I would want to have a butler. I would like to have the money that I could afford a butler, but not have to have a butler. Huh. Second, you know oh, what? Sorry. All you would okay. need is a second job. I would say you would need to work two jobs, and you could have a no, butler. No, I don't want. Work. Yeah, but I don't want a butler. Well, here's a question I have for you: What yeah. does a butler do? He's Battle. your gentleman's. He battles. He's your gentleman's gentleman. Yes. So, like your uh, Jeeves and Wooster, mm. what does uh, what does Jeeves do in a Jeeves and Wooster besides protect Wooster because he's okay? A well, Jeeves wit. Jeeves cooks. Oh. He irons the clothes. Very good. So I assume he does. Oh, yeah, he would suit. Yeah, he would put a suit on you. He put. Yeah, he would dress you. He would tie your tie. He would choose your clothes. We often there is some sort of some sort of conflict between Birdie and Jeeves when Birdie insists on a tie that Jeeves does not approve of. Okay, who wins that argument? Well, Birdie wins it in the short term. (laughs) Jeeves wins in the long term. Very good. Those are very good stories, by the way. One of the strangest one was one where it's. Birdie and Jeeves, and it's a Birdie and Jeeves story, and it's, it's all very Woosterish, with Birdie being so such a Wooster and Jeeves being Jeeves. And then in the middle of the story, Birdie is somehow swept up into a some sort of a women's like women's rights protest march a sort of thing. Suffragette uh, situation? No, not suffragette though. I don't it's know like, what era. It's this like takes a sixties. Like, that's a weird thing about it, right? Like it's it feels like something happening in the sixties. Oh. And I guess P.G. Woodhouse, he lived to quite a ripe, ripe old age, so he was still writing in the in the okay, 70s. all right. So I guess he incorporated it into the story, but it feels very out of place because those books feel so hermetically sealed in their own little world 
that something like that happening, you know, this sort of incursion of the real world into this, mm-hmm. you know, Woodhousean world. Did you call him Woodhouse when you were a kid? I did. I called him Woodhouse. For I the called him time. nothing. Oh. I had never heard of him when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't hear about him until the Masterpiece Theater. Uh, mm, mm. No, I read those books in high school. Um, anywho, so the other point I was going to make is that it's, it's, of course, it's terrible that the house became a crack house and, and you know, yeah, became, it's a very a, bad story. became a yes, teardown. Yeah. But here's the weird thing. I just got my property assessment. I'm not going to tell you what it was. Too much. But anyway, it's got my property assessment. Who does that? The government. They just come by and go, like, they, let's look around? An assessor comes around and he... he Assesses, Counts your chickens. Yeah, no. He assesses the your the well. It goes by the general value of the prop, like the right. sales in the neighborhood, and then you can you can bring down your value by by doing things that we do, like having chickens in the backyard <laughs> or running a podcast. Running a podcast. That's right. Ooh. And so, how squalid. Uh, but your house, your physical house, is worth very little. Yeah. Like, of terms of like what my house is worth. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, what my like what the value yeah, of gotcha. the sale value of the property is worth, my house would be like one twentieth of that. Does that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, but one twentieth of the of the value of the property is the value of the, yeah, the, makes the, sense. the house yeah. itself. Which is not very much, I think. I'd have to look and I can't remember now. I might be I might be underselling it. But anyway, I may be over exaggerating it and underselling it at the same time. Those are my two points. Just the, <laughs> just the thing that you know, I, it's bad that the yeah. house got destroyed and everything, but but it's still value in the land. Like they could still yes, sell. I mean, that's t- true. tear down the house, yes. build a new house and sell it, or just sell the land and, and make a make a make a oodle. Yeah. You know, because I mean, like here, you know, the other thing in, in our assessment maybe is maybe they'll it, be there to shake your hand. Maybe they'll be there to sell the land. Yeah. Yep. Share but the don't land. Don't give it away. Yeah. Share the land. The don't uh, trust the butler. <laughs> don't trust the butler now. Uh. In your assessment, it gives you the five-year history of of your the value of your house, mm-hmm. and so you know it's like it's going like three percent, two percent, four percent, and then it hit last year forty percent increase in value, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, so is this does this jack up your taxes? Yes, yes, this makes it more expensive to live there. So, yeah. and uh, yeah, so because I. I don't know what we paid for property taxes last year, but I think they're a little, they're more than double what we paid when we first moved into yeah. our house. And I guess I should be happy that the house is worth so much and we paid, you know, this amount for it and now it's worth that much more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a high tide raises all boats, so I could sell for a lot, but I still have to buy another place to live in. And everything is expensive. It's not like... If you bought and if you didn't decide to like rent for the rest of your life. I guess I could do that, but that seems it feels very uncertain. It's in our, weird in after our current... you've after you've bought to rent. It's yeah, I don't have that security. That yeah, and just the fact that here in Vancouver it feels a very uncertain place in terms of rentals and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, you, know? you can get kicked out any damn time. Yeah, so I, you know, and I mean the way it works now, of course, is that you you sell your house mm-hmm. to some person yeah. who's willing to spend a lot of money to buy a house, stupid amount of money, for lower mainland real estate prices. Which are all driven by offshore speculation. Mm-hmm. So the, the the value of our houses is stupid. Like it's we're like in the oh, middle it's all of a tulip. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, middle of a tulip boom going on. And so, but then you have to like move somewhere else, farther away from the city, mm-hmm. to buy a, a new place that you can buy free and clear. Mm-hmm. And so you're not you're not have, you don't have to stop with a mortgage. And I mean that's something we'll have to do eventually because you know we still have a mortgage on our house, and eventually when we retire we'll have to get rid of that mortgage. 
so that we can live and survive. Yep. Not live on cat food as much as we do now. Yeah. Like by cat food, you mean you eat tuna sandwiches, which the cats also like, not just direct. I heard that you shouldn't feed tuna to cats. Oh, why is that? I don't know. I don't know if it's, I think they, I don't know. I just imagine that it's because it's not processed enough for them the way that cat food is. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it's just full of so full of mercury. We've been cut, yeah, we've been cutting back on what our cat eats cuz uh, we we have to get the cat's weight down. This is a a, a newly adopted cat. We've got an 8-year-old mm-hmm. cat yeah. who's like uh, 22 pounds, which is uh, too much for a cat. Uh but 22 we, pounds. Wow. Yeah, so we Do you know what kind of cat it is? Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, well, it's a it's a black cat, but I'm not sure what. Oh, okay. Uh, what breed is? No. Uh, so we uh, so yeah. So the last like two months, we've been cutting back on what it's been eating, mm-hmm. and and took it in, and it actually like gained a little weight, and it was like, what the fuck is this? So, uh, yeah, we're talking to the vet about about this, mm. and I'm obviously sneaking in at having midnight snacks. <laughs> So we were wondering, like, is there a anything lock on that the fridge? Could be? Yeah, it's put not an outdoor cat, so it's not going mm-hmm. out and, like, no. refilling its thing. And, of yeah. course, I'm Johnny Paranoid, you know, just going, is there something growing inside it that's weighing this, uh, oh, okay. weighing more? Mm. But, it's pro- but it's probably not because the vet did, like, feel around and didn't feel anything mm-hmm. strange. Yeah. So, yeah, we're now, like, pulling back even more on that, and we have a better type of treat for it now that's, okay. you know, yeah. la, 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 la. But, you know, I'm just Johnny Worrywart. It's not uh, vegan cheese, is it? <laughs> No, I've heard you shouldn't give your cat vegan cheese. Okay. It's okay to give it to people. Mm-hmm. Just don't give it to animals. Animals, yeah, shouldn't have that crap. Yeah. Have you ever met anyone who uh, tried to do a, a vegetarian diet for their cat? That doesn't work. That doesn't seem like a good idea. It, it, it isn't. It, it isn't at all. You can sort of do it for your dog. You cannot do it for a cat. Our ca- cats aren't... Let me um, ask that to our vet friends out there. That's right, right? You shouldn't right. be doing that for... Are cats carnivorous or are they omnivorous? That is also a good question. You don't have the answer for that. No, but luckily we you have... As a cat, you're we, a cat owner. We have cat veterinarians. But you are a listen. cat owner. I think you should know this. Well, do I feed my cat everything? I know my cat likes uh, tries to eat French fries and shouldn't. Mm. So uh, How about speaking cereal? of McDonald's French fries... Does he like cereal with milk? Gets upset uh, at the cereal because it sounds like we're pouring his food into a bowl. Okay. He's like... Ah, chow time. I've also heard mm. dry food isn't the best thing for cats either. Mm. Uh, we do a mix. We have dry food and, and wet food. We do that as well. But again, I've because heard like the, the dry stuff not as good. Once again, uh, I don't want to ask for your advice for free, but we have uh, yeah. vets out there that uh, <laughs> will we'll, we'll know this uh, stuff. So, but if the cat then picks up the bowl afterwards and drinks yeah. the last bit of the cat food, then it's just like, oh, I can't stand that. Please just tear apart a bird in front of me instead. Just please, sir. And leave it for me. Aside from that, the cat's working out fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. It's always, it's, uh, it's an adventure to, to adopt. Yeah, except for the other day when it saw another cat outside and screamed as loud as like, it was just like an air raid siren. It was the loudest thing I've ever heard coming out of a cat. It was ridiculous. It was one in the morning. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And the other cat's outside knowing that it's like safe. Do you have, it's on the other do you side have of the blinds so you can close? Yeah, we did. Guess oh, what happens? It nothing? went through the fucking blinds. Oh. <laughs> through the blinds. Like, oh, well, this is going to destroy the blinds. So pull them back, get the blinds back open. The smug cat's still outside going, what you going to do? Let's do this thing. Should let your cat outside. It's twenty-two pounds, sir. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Easy match. I know you have it. It's not cat. the kingpin. It can't necessarily <laughs> fight the other uh, the other cats in the neighborhood. You don't know that. Give it. Let it. Let it uh, make. Let it learn its, its, its own lessons. Uh, yeah, Risa is very picky. Like if you don't, if we just put uh, wet food into her bowl, she uh, turns her nose up at it. Mm-hmm. She has to have the dry food and the wet food at the same time. She might not eat the dry food at all. She might only eat okay. the wet food. But if the dry food isn't there, she's having none of it. 
I'll say one thing about cats. Fussy. <laughs> They've all got their own fussy little business. <laughs> they are fussy. Yeah. That's a good um, word for it. Speaking of cats and cereal, mm-hmm. uh, Tony the Tiger. Okay. Dave, have you noticed something's happened with Tony the Tiger lately? I have not. Do you I, watch television commercials? I do, I do not watch television commercials. Okay, so well, Tony the Tiger me here. used to, his deal was, he would just like, some kids are eating cereal, yep. and he'd come in and just go, hey, you're eating that, that's great, and he'd do that, and yep. that's fine. And yep. then around the 80s or the 90s, mm. he started being very active, yep. and the kids would hockey be, and stuff be like hockey that. and snowboarding yep. and uh, you know soccer, and he'd be out there just like, come on, Tiger, try this, and it'll help you do your shit. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you eat a bowl of cereal before you play some <laughs> soccer in the, in the afternoon? So he's eating this stuff. Okay, so it's like, all right, that's all fine. Okay. Nowadays, he's he's the, the ads are yeah. for adults, right? So so Tony's, like, watching the big game with, with people, and, like, another guy's that's pretending right. to be, like, an antenna or something, holding up some foil, yeah. and the guy's, I'm really tired. I really don't want to do this anymore. Come on, Tony, help him out. And gives him a bowl of cereal. You can do it. Keep holding up the antenna. Like, hurt yourself for for my lazy pleasure. And then he goes back. And then just like, just fucking feed up watching the game. Like, what happened, Tony? Like, are these kids grown up and now yeah. you're just hanging out with them and like you're just slacking wow. off? It's just like real stoner behavior for Tony the Tiger. And I'm a little worried about him. He's now played by Seth Rogen. Uh, is Tony... Is Tony the Tiger the only alpha serial mascot? The only alpha? Well, would you consider Captain Crunch an alpha serial mascot? No, he doesn't. He runs his own ship. He does, and he kind of does. It doesn't seem, to me, it doesn't seem like all that authoritative, though. Well, definitely Quake is, of Quisp and Quake. He's <laughs> like a big miner, like a real muscly guy. Okay. Yeah, there's Quisp and there's Quake. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't think, like, the rabbit from those no he's like a weasley trickster rabbit yeah or and the leprechaun and uh sugar bear he's this way he's, too uh, kind of a dean martin type i think he's more of a bing crosby can't get <laughs> enough of those sugar creams. <laughs> i know do you think so yep Boop, not only do i think so i know so because you're doing bing crosby right now going boop, boop, boop. all right now do dean, dean martin uh doing a similar thing going walking down the street yeah i'm walking down the street okay he's got right, more drunk enough, right? sugar yeah. bear sure all yeah. right uh yeah none of the three uh snap crackle or pop i would say is alpha ask uh tony is a father of tony jr who used to sell frosted rice i remember that mm. i used to like frosted rice quite a bit um <laughs> especially after they got rid of the racist mascot which was <laughs> not not great not not whoa even in the 70s they went you know what mm, maybe not <laughs> was it a panda maybe not no it wasn't oh. It was, a, it was a baby. It was a Chinese baby that would sell frosted rice. Wow. In the way that you expect he would sell mm. frosted rice. And he would eat them with, with his With a rattle? What's that? With a rattle? No, not with a rattle. Oh. Nope. It was a... And I might be remembering this wrong. <laughs> but I, I, And I'm also kind of confusing this too. There was also like a okay. one a similar ad with Jello. Okay. You know, it was just... Oh yeah, it was like you couldn't eat Jello with chopsticks or something. It was that kind of time. It was mm. that kind of thing. But then Tony Jr. Uh, was like selling frosted rice, and I really liked that cereal. Mm. And then it was the first cereal I remember that went out of like, not print, but it just stopped producing. <laughs> no. And it was like, yeah, they don't yeah. sell it anymore. Like, why don't they sell it? Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. People are eating it. But that kind of tells you that uh, Rice Krispies aren't full of sugar if they had frosted Rice Krispies. That's basically yeah, what they are. You can always have more. I Yeah, I I'm know. Betting, I just I'm mean... betting corn flakes have a lot of sugar in them, too. Well, I'm sure all of them have sugar because sugar is something that flavors things. Like, you know, but it's a, there's a difference between, you know, having some sugar mm-hmm. and then coating something in sugar. There's a difference between 
those two things. Like, there's a difference between using sugar in bread, because when you eat bread, you're having sugar. Now, are you talking bread that you would, like, get from, say, a Wonder Bread, or, like, no, bread you make I'm at talking, home? Say, I'm saying, yeah, if you're making bread at home. Okay, but you're not making cereal at home. Like, cereal no, that no. you buy in a cereal box has okay. a lot of sugar. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm making you sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Although I just, just, I'm assuming. I'm, I just feel I'm like there's a difference. This. Maybe I'll look at it and go like, "Hey, there's next to no sugar in this." But I remember like, uh, like well, looking at just Muffets, like, for instance. When I looked at the back of like an all brand box once, I was like, "Well, this couldn't be healthier." Oh God, what's in all this? That's not all brand at all. It's just all this other nonsense. Malt. Sure, let's go malt. There's a lot of malt in all brand. Yeah, know. the malt business needs to spread out. For, <laughs> no one's having malted milks anymore. They aren't. No. No, that really fell out of uh, favor. Malted milks. Hmm. What about having like a, a like a malt, like a like a like a frozen Where? Where treat? would you do that? Wendy's. Wendy's have their 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 malts. W- Wendy's has a malt. Yeah, yeah. They sell like the I can't remember what they it's called. They have Frosties. That's a malt. That's a milkshake. It's a real thick. No, milkshake. it's not a thick milkshake. Well, it's a malt. What is the malt element of it? The flavor of the. They put malt in it. No, but it's called a malt. But they don't put malt flavor in it. I don't, I don't know what I malt think is. I th- it's a flavor. Is it? <laughs> yes. That's what makes it a malt. But it's different. You can get there's, a milkshake and you yeah. get a malted milkshake, and a malted milkshake is you put your, the malt in it. But there's a different, yeah, but it's malt. It's just a straight vanilla, like, it's basically ice cream at Wendy's. That's not a malt. No, it's not vanilla. Yes, it is. No. The, well, the frosty? It's not vanilla. <laughs> it's like a chocolate malted. <laughs> well, the chocolate one isn't vanilla. You're right. I'll give you that, but for crying but out it, But a, a malted can only be like a chocolate malted. You can have like a vanilla malted. <laughs> Maybe you could. I don't know. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. Of course you can. Am I wrong? Aren't they called malts? Like when I was a kid, we'd always get like a malt. Listen, we have veterinarians in the audience. Veterinarians. (laughs) Please. What what makes Please rule on this as well. What are they? Are they judges? Oh, man. I think you're mixing up what a veterinarian is. Now I'm looking up up the Wendy's menu. When we were a kid, when we went to Army (laughs) and Navy on the third floor... Down near where they sold scary rifles and stuff like that. That's right. And you could get three there was hot the, dogs for a dollar. There was a malt. They would sell malts there. And we would get malts when we were okay, kids. I got that a frosty our... here. I'm looking up a frosty. Mm-hmm. You got a chocolate frosty. You got a vanilla frosty. Those are your two frosty flavors. It used to be vanilla frosty was the only flavor. There's no just straight frosty. It's vanilla or chocolate. Really? Vanilla yeah, was the only flavor? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't that remember was the anything only flavor chocolate. before. And then they added, uh, then they went with chocolate. And uh, there's no malted involved in that. All mm-hmm. right, let's look up what is a malted milk. Yeah. All right, here we go. I'm sure the audience is on on tenterhooks, hey, dying man, if, to know if they've if they've come 321 episodes <laughs> uh, so far. They have infinite goddamn patience. What is a malted milk? Here we go. A drink combining milk, milk, a malt preparation, okay. and an ice cream or flavoring. There you go. So that malt preparation, yeah, is uh, what you're missing in your thing. You're call you're thinking that it's uh it's it's what something is and not something added, but that's what it is. Sorry, Dave's wrong. The end. I guess I, when we were kids, we would always get and it tasted the same to me as as the oh a malted uh, shake is different than a shake. You would you would taste the difference. Mm. Well, you know, uh, you've had Maltesers, right? That's malt flavored. Oh, is it Whoppers right? oh, also okay. malt flavored. That is Whoppers are also. A Whopper Burger, is basically a Malteser. Burger King Whopper this. is malt flavored. No, I think you're the little wrong, cho- sir. The little chocolate balls. I don't know. Don't know those. I know Maltesers, but not Whoppers. You've never had like a an, an American uh, Whopper? No. <laughs> now I gotta look up if these things are real too. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally Mandela affecting this whole damn thing. <laughs> Whoppers, they they're a little Check chocolate ball, look right? Up, look up Whoppers. Whoppers, mm-hmm. chocolate. Whoppers candy. Yeah, there we go. Whoppers. You seen these before? Whoppers. Those. 
You've never oh, seen those. I've seen those. Very good. Thank I've you. I've never had them. Your Honor. That's a malted milk ball uh, covering uh, with an artificially flavored chocolate coating uh, produced by the Hershey Company. There we go. And then our knockoff ones are Maltesers. I believe these were the first ones, and then they were no Maltesers are older than that. They're from England. Okay. I know because they're mentioned in a Graham Greene book. That's the first time I've ever heard about Maltesers. Was okay. There was a character in a Graham Greene story. All right. Well, like Whoppers Maltesers. are from 1949. Look what Maltesers are I from. We'll look this up. Come on. It's... <laughs> I've lost this melt argument. I didn't even know it was an argument, but. Maltesers. Here we go. All right. Have we got a Wikipedia page for Maltesers? We must. We must do. We, we must. We must do. Needs must they... as the devil drives. No, it doesn't look like they've got a Wikipedia page. What? Yeah. Well, Strange. maybe I could make one up. Oh, by the way, tell the people what to do when the siren goes by. Hey, everyone, there's a siren going by. We can't see it because we have the uh, curtains closed, but take a drink. Oh, wait. Nope, there is one. Oh. Okay. There's a siren History. Uh, you're right. They beat them by 10 years. Ha! Uh, first made in England in 1936. And in your face, whoppers. First sold in 1937. Oh, here is here's an interesting thing. They were originally sold uh, for, for medical purposes. It <laughs> wasn't everything? No, no. Uh, yeah, that's true. Okay, first of all, as uh, energy balls. Energy balls? But they were aimed at what market? Wi- uh, women, I'll go, like, who wanted to do what? Women who wanted to work in a factory during the war. Uh, nope, women who wanted to slim down. Like, why not have oh, really? an energy ball instead of a breakfast? <laughs> Have a nice energy ball wow. in your mouth. That is misleading and terrible. <laughs> Put these balls. Put this chocolate in your mouth. <laughs> you will. I don't mind Maltesers. I have, so I assume they're the, very much the same as Whoppers. Right. Which are, as everyone knows, a knockoff of the Malteser. <laughs> okay. And uh, I think they're pretty good. I don't think they're great, but I think they're pretty good. I just ate them because I read about them in a Graham Greene book, and I thought, oh, I'm going to eat. I'm going to become a Malteser fan. They were the only uh, candy, one of the only candies that I couldn't eat as a kid. They disgusted me so much, but I liked the chocolate. So I would I would take the chocolate, I would okay. eat the chocolate, and yeah. then I would spit the ball into the toilet. <laughs> and then my mom would come in and go like, what the hell's all this? It would be like, like a fish laid a bunch of eggs <laughs> in the toilet. You didn't think to flush it so that you wouldn't get discovered? Nah. <laughs> Dumb kid. I don't know what I'm doing. Nope. Um, I was just upset about that whole uh, frosted rice thing. Still, in the south to this day. Back, no, no, back then. Oh, oh to this day. To yeah, this day, you know still what? To this upset. day, I would say, yeah, bring back frosted rice, guys. Hmm. I'm sure they have a couple of times. The only reason I would have them was because they yeah. would be in those little small boxes. As I said, mm. we wouldn't get the big box. Yeah, yeah, of no, of course not. Don't be crazy. Yeah. All we'd do then is we'd reach in with our little hands and try to find the prize and dig it out. And then the box would be all warped and you couldn't shut it. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, just wait, wait. Wait till wait till you get to it. Wait. No. Yeah, like I'm going to wait. <laughs> like I'm going to wait. Like if there was a $100 bill yep. at the bottom of a can of coffee, you'd go, I'm just going to wait till I get to the bottom of this <laughs> can of coffee and then I'll get the $100 bill. Dig. Yep. Dig. Uh-huh. Here comes that strangely dusty plastic wrapped thing that I wanted so badly. Mm-hmm. How disappointing it actually was after all that work and effort and waiting and keeping away from your sisters mm-hmm. so they couldn't get it, which is really why you dug it out so quickly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, let's go. Let's I let's go off cereal. All right. Which I think you have already gone off cereal. <laughs> Thank you for toasting me. Um, well, you have toast if you've gone off cereal. That's that's the thing you move on to for breakfast. We we lost uh, we lost a, a great musical figure yesterday. Someone that a band that I've liked for a, a, a long time, most since I was a teenager. And uh, 
we were talking about her work yesterday and I said, we were talking about this uh, person and I said, I can pretty much guarantee that almost everyone in this room would hate this band, but I'm sad that he's gone. And that's Marky Smith, the okay. lead singer for The Fall. All right. Who were... I noticed you put up some songs mm-hmm. of, uh, of theirs up on your page. And you did not listen to them. And that's fine because once again, it's a minority taste, <laughs> The Fall. And I can understand why anyone on earth would hear it and just kind of go, not for me, I'm okay. Let me get back to what I was listening to earlier. So why did you like them? I like them because I like them for a few reasons. One is that they, why did I like them? I like their music. They just appeal to me. I think I like them. They're kind of, they're kind of like rock and roll in the way that we imagine it should be, which is visceral and kind of unpredictable and exciting and have a certain sort of loose cannon element to it Mm -hmm. that they brought and I think the fall more than any band, because Marky Smith, who is this very willful, belligerent person, uh, I think that he kept it interesting and kept it from ever being something that would become like mass, like something interesting to everyone. You know, it's strictly for a certain kind of person or a certain group of people to enjoy. And when were you first um, exposed to them? Like, how did um, you introduce you to Well, interestingly, I had a friend um, in, I met in high school in grade 12. And no, I guess in grade eleven. In grade eleven, and she, she, uh, she had she did this thing where she would trade singles with other people. So you'd buy five singles, and then you'd mail them out to five people, and then they would mail out singles, and so five people would mail singles back to you. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. it was interesting. And so she had like this box of all these really interesting singles, and one of them was "How I Wrote Elastic Man," this false single. And I really, really like that song. Like, I really love that song so much. And so I started to try and find fall albums. And actually kind of hard at that time. But luckily for me, they had just signed uh, a distribution deal with Vertigo Records, I guess. Because I remember their first album that I found, which was The Wonderful and Frightening World of the Fall, uh, was like available domestically here. Most of the records that I bought, I had to buy as imports and so that went from like a $7 record to a $16 record. And so $7, affordable, 16 not so affordable, although I did buy some of those records. Um, and so, yeah, that was the first record I bought by them. And uh, it just, I don't know, just kind of blew the top of my head off. Just how, it was just so interesting that, you know, like, he didn't really, Marky Smith didn't really sing. He more kind of like intoned over the music, mm-hmm. sort of these very abstract, almost surreal lyrics. And he would always end the the lyrical sentence with an ah. So it'd be like, we went to the park on Tuesday, ah. And da 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 ba ah. And it was just like this weird okay. kind of vocal tick that he had. And maybe it was a way of rhyming everything. Because then ah, right? <laughs> He's always going to rhyme. <laughs> ah, that's a rhyme. But no, I, but so, and basically, and he kind of ran the band as a, as a tyrant would run a band. Like he was the king of the band and everyone had to kind of, follow his lead and how did you know that from from music stories yes that's right yeah yeah and just uh so you know they started off he was one of the one of the he was one of the actual people who were actually there at manchester free trade hall when the sex pistols came to manchester brought there by uh i don't think they'd formed the buzzcocks yet but by pete shelley and howard devoto who would go on to form the buzzcocks and so they were there and some of the New Order guys or Joy Division guys were there before they were Joy Division. And Marky Smith was there. And I think Morrissey was there. 
you know, so there's a few musical luminaries that came out of Manchester who were all kind of there at this concert to see this band that they'd heard about, that they read about in the music magazines, but hadn't, you know, seen live or anything. And they brought them there and they just kind of inspired this, everyone to kind of go, I, I could do this. I can do what these guys are doing. And so Marky e. Smith thought that too. He thought, I could do what these guys are doing. You know, I'm, I'm not a great singer, but I, you know, I'm, I like music and I want to, you know, express myself. And so he formed a band of people. And the original band was kind of like this scritchy, scratchy music, you know, the guitar was kind of very, very plain and very scritchy, scratchy. And then there was like a woman who played like, it sounded like a toy organ through most of the songs. Every song has this sort of toy organ sound in it. And Marky e. Smith sort of yelling over the, over the, um, the, the, the music. But they would do, and I always assume, this is how I kind of assume that the band worked, no matter what, you know, people left over time because they were never like a big success. So you're just kind of scraping along in a band. And eventually you would probably be like, you know what? I would make more money working in a grocery store. So I'm going to, okay. I need to make money. So I'm going to go work in a grocery store or I'm going to do whatever to, you know, make. And so you'd leave the band. And so other people would come in. So over time, the band sort of changed quite a bit. Actually, over time, the band changed its um, makeup. And there were people like, like this guy named Mark Riley, who was in the band for a couple of albums for a couple of years. And then he was just like ostracized from, from the band. I'm never really quite clear why, but at some point he just, he was in, then he was out, you know, he was out. And once you're out, you're probably out forever. Cause Marky e. Smith seemed to me like kind of a, a person who would never, once you were out, you know, he just could never like let you back into his <laughs> life or let you back into that circle. And so, and you know, Mark Riley became like a successful radio presenter, but for a while he was the guitar player in the fall, you know, and some of their great albums. The other thing I, so besides the kind of crazy rock and roll element to it, what I really also liked about them was that there was a weird kind of almost homemade element to the things that they did. Like the records, the records, they just look like they were someone like scribbled, scrolled on a piece of paper, some stuff, and then they just put it on the record sleeve. You know, and so there'd what, be- What like, era was this? So they started in maybe 78 and carried on until this year. Okay. As a band. So you're talking proper albums, big, big albums. Yeah, real, real albums. Yeah. Okay. Their first album was called Live at the Witch Trials. And it has this, has a, uh, it's not even a song. It's a, it's like a spoken word poem called Live at the Witch Trials that's in the, on the album. And then I could name you all their albums if you want. If you want to know them all, I can <laughs> name them all. But they did a lot of albums. So this is one of those things where I look at my record collection. It's like this big block of fall albums. Uh, just because there are so many of them and, and I like them so much. But um, I just, I love the fact that they they had like this weird kind of, um, it's hard to describe, sort of made up quality. Like there's an album called Hex Induction Hour. Mm -hmm. There's no word induction, but it sounds good. So call your record Hex Induction Hour. And it's got a lot of like writing all over it. And it's the same with another one called, um, uh, there's one called Grotesque Bracket After the Gram, G-R-A-M-M-E Bracket. Okay. I have no idea what it means, but I just love that it's sort of this mysterious world that he's kind of creating. And it has a song in there called Stop Your Mithering, which I've assumed is complaining. And so, and it's just like, he's talking about going to A&M Records and meeting Herb Alpert and Jerry Moss and talking about the air conditioning there. And then he starts to go on about something else. And then he starts telling people to stop your mithering, stop your complaining. And it's just, it's all kind of strangely, you know, there's a weird kind of poetry to it but also yeah. it's also rock music though so it's a band playing and he's talking and they could be like on different you know they could almost be any song behind him while he's talking and other songs have more like of a rock and roll feel or whatever um yeah i just like the you know i just there's so many you know like slates 
there's an EP they did, which I think is like one of the greatest EPs of all time. Just like in terms of quality of songs on it, it's just fantastic. And yeah, there's this weird, I don't know, just, you know, they just had, he had fun. He yeah. had a weird kind of fun. Did you see them live? I never did get to see them live. They came to Vancouver one time that I remember, and I was too young to see them in the venue they played at because I couldn't get in because of the liquor. Uh, I didn't wasn't old enough to, to get in. But I wish I'd gone, but I didn't get to see them. Because they're a band I really would have... I mean, I've heard that they can be pretty shambolic live. In fact, the original, kind of what I think of, there's a lineup that I first discovered them with, which was... Um, actually had his wife in the band for a while till they split up that band they came to town but while they were touring and sometime i think in the 90s uh maybe in the early 2000s anyway they got in a big fight on stage and he fired that band this band that he had for 20 years he just fired them all and then he like got some like do you fire them on stage or after the show i'm not sure exactly there was a big fight so i assume that they went their separate ways after this set to and then they were gone and then he kind of brought in this sort of like rockabilly band that he met and he got them to play behind him and he finished the tour or he started and he kind of started a whole new band and carried on. And that stuff's really good, too, though. Like That stuff's really great. Like, even though, like, you're like, oh, how could he have a band without those guys in it? You know, like we all, you know, those are the, those are the great, that's the great band. And then you hear that stuff and you're like, OK, it's still good. So, you know, you can't, you know, he's just, I don't know, it's just weird because so is it him? Is it him that makes the music? It's his control that keeps that that level. You just you don't know. It's it's really interesting to me. But I just I so I always like this kind of weird world that he created in his music. Where and it's not that it's linked together or anything of like that, but it's just this kind of aesthetic that that kind of ran through it all and uh, was to me was very appealing. Are you gonna put some of the music up on the Sneaky Dragon site? Sure, I might do that. I think you should. There's a song that I posted on Facebook and on Twitter called Paintwork. And this is on a Sneaky Dragon or on your own personal Facebook page? On uh, my own personal Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think listeners wanted to care what... Well, the thing about, sad that the thing, this guy no, died. The thing about that then is it, someone has to be your friend on Facebook to listen to yes, it. Yes, I'll post but it on the it, Sneaky yeah. Dragon. And, but this song is interesting because they recorded the song. They recorded the backing track for the song. And then Marky Smith took a copy of the song away on a cassette deck, like a dictaphone tape. And... He was at home and he sat on the tape while he, while he was listening to it. He sat on the tape and started recording like stuff in his house, like the television playing and stuff like that. Yeah. And so then when he came back, it had this accident in it. So they incorporated that into the song. So the beginning <laughs> of the song is you hear this recorded version of the song on a dictaphone tape that they recorded in the studio. And then it breaks down into this TV sound or radio sound or whatever. And then, then the song starts to play again and... I really enjoy that. I like this. I like the idea of whatever. We'll make it work. Yeah, it's really experimental. That's neat. Yeah, it's fun. I can see why that would appeal to you. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that they, they also, passed away. Also, is exciting. Well, you know, knowing his life, he probably wasn't the healthiest person in the world. There's a lot of alcohol and drug abuse in his in his life. So you get what you get. Here's a weird question for you. If uh, first of all, oh no, sorry, one more thing. Oh, sorry, no, please. sorry, have two or three and more. It's things. just those weird. But here's a weird thing. When you like, when you admire someone, mm-hmm. and they mean a lot to you, and 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 I did admire him, even though he seemed like a real cussed fellow, you know, that had a lot of belligerent opinions and things that I probably didn't agree with most. I've certainly didn't agree with some of the things he said, but you know, I still admired him for his you know backbone and his drive and everything. And then it, he dies, and you and then you find out he's only nine years older than me. 
And it seems so weird, right? Because it feels like to someone you liked as a teenager, it couldn't possibly be close to you in age. There must be like 20 years apart or whatever. But no, when I was when I was uh, liking them when I was 16 years old or whatever, he was only 25. Yeah. Which seems so weird. Especially if you think about what you you were like at 25. Like, could you do that kind of stuff when you were 25? No, no, I didn't have that Such personality. Such a different mindset, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just someone who was willing to, like, take this band of, like, seriously. Like, if you want to listen to them, listen to them, uh, you know. But I, you know, it, I'm not going to say it takes a special person to like them, but it takes a person of, you know, you just have, either you like them or you don't. Either you like the fall no, or you no, don't. No, 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 I think fine. there's also, okay, I, I, I hear that sometimes with things. that You like the person or you don't like the person. But I think there's a separate thing, which is you can work a little bit to like someone, too. Like okay. there could be musicians you don't like at first, mm-hmm. and you listen to them a couple more times. Yeah. Then a couple more times, and you develop a taste. It's like saying, you know, I don't like olives. Well, try olives like seven <laughs> more times. Now I like olives. Okay, that's fine. Too salty. You know, it's a different, yeah, or brie. Maybe you didn't give <laughs> brie enough of a chance. Oh, no, I yeah. get a chance. Some, some bands are, are a bit of work to mm-hmm. uh, to, to oh, like, and are definitely not the, hey, gather, gather around, friends. Let me play this band I like. Yeah. And everyone, oh, that's uh, that's some good stuff, Dave. But to take a band that requires work, yeah, and to take them into working men's club in England of the, in the late seventies, right, when you know life was a lot, people you know express themselves a lot more with their fists than they do nowadays and stuff like that, and we yeah. get you know to put yourself in that situation over and over again, you know, just because this is our band, we're going to make money, we're going to be a working band, we're going to mm-hmm. go to these places, we're going to play, and you know they they did it, so you know it took a lot of. Uh, you know, took a took a lot of drive, and uh, yeah. But he was always a cussed fellow, never happy. Didn't you know? And with with rough trade for a while, didn't get along with them. Is just you know, just his personality, which you know made him a success as an artist, but also. I wonder if there created are any, its own I, problems. I, I, you know, I'm using this phrase because it's the easiest one to use. I wonder if there are any happy control freaks, or if uh, that just that personality, which sometimes leads to good, sometimes mm-hmm. leads to bad, mm-hmm. could never really lead to happy can never lead to content because you're always trying to i think you can be happy but yeah i think the word you say there is more important can you can never be content mm-hmm. you know you can have happiness in in that in that frame but i don't think you can ever feel true contentment because you're because you can't control everything can't control everything situation and things are things fall short of your 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 ideal you know and even if you drive your band or work them, even if you're like James Brown and you're like you know finding them for missing the missing the the missing on the four or whatever, <laughs> you you still you'll never get a band that's just perfect, you know, mm-hmm. because they're humans. And if you want a perfect band, then you need a band of robots. And by the way, that would sound terrible. Yeah, people don't want perfection anyway. Yeah. No, it's it, perfection's unpleasant in music, you know. I think even bands that, you know, like early. You know, bands like Kraftwerk and people like that who started in Tangerine Dream stuff started using the synthesizers and stuff. You know, they pro- they probably had to put in like certain imperfections into mm-hmm. that to make it more interesting, to make it more listenable. Because if it's just absolutely perfect, there's nothing to grab for. You know, the human mind isn't interested in that. I don't mm-hmm. think. It's a, it's almost a thing with painting where you think like once photography showed up, why do we need painting anymore? Mm-hmm. We got it. We've got uh, the perfect representation of that thing. Why would you ever have someone do a portrait of you? Yeah, there's yeah. no reason to. But mm-hmm. you want the imperfection, and in the imperfection, you want lies the art and the style and the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just that, but you want someone who will a picture. You can take your picture, but only a painting can have can have your heart in it. You know what I mean? Like it's your your personality is in that picture in that painting. 
but it's not in a picture in the way that it is in a painting. Like someone is interpreting you into that painting. And you can interpret with photography and there's a lot you can do. It's true. But yes, you're right. Yeah. And also, uh, only uh, a painted yeah. uh, picture uh, will absorb your sins and will, uh, will <laughs> show them so that you stay young forever. Unless you're Alec Baldwin and that really backfired on him. <laughs> yeah, all of his movies just, uh, oh, bless. <laughs> oh, bless you, Alec Baldwin. Uh, what I was going to ask you was, uh, if you did you want to be in a band when you were young? And so, follow-up question, mm-hmm. if you were in a band, what type of band would have been your band? Like, what would be a parallel band that exists that you go, we would have been a lot like blank. Okay. Thinking about who you were back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Would I, well, I would have liked to have been in a band, but I never found a group of people that I was entirely simpatico with. Mm-hmm. A friend, I had a f- very good friend uh, going in junior high school and part of senior high school before we kind of drifted apart. And we, uh, we it was kind of fun. This would have been like junior high school, so, so before 82. And we invented, I invented this character. His name was, I think his name was Bert Lyman. And I had created this sort of, fake history of Burt Lyman. So I started with like him in the psychedelic 60s and or we, we wrote a song called Hey Green Frog that he sang uh, to the to a frog, of course. Mm-hmm. And then we did like this sort of Black Sabbath-like song called Leftovers Again. <laughs> okay. And it kind of went from there. And it's like, it was like sort of like this history of rock and roll. So psychedelic, heavy metal, you know, and then going on from there into sort of new wave sort of stuff. Which The problem was is that this friend... The only music he really, really liked by that point, and we'd come, we kind of bonded over Led Zeppelin and, and like maybe ACDC, but I don't know. If, but anyway, we definitely bonded over Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. And he, but he didn't like any other kind of music. Like, even though I like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, but I also like Devo and XCC and stuff like that and the police and whatever. He was not interested in that music at all. He just despised that sort of music. And so it was really, so it would have been fun to be in a band with him. And we could work on this sort of jokey thing, but we couldn't. We couldn't be in a real band because he would want to play like, like kind of sub Iron Maiden seven minute long songs, you know, with sort of uh, with these kind of. Uh, would he want to write his own material in that style, or would he want to just be a cover band? No, no, he was movie? interested in original songs and stuff like that. And he, but he definitely only like. And then the longer I knew him, the more and more he like. Even like Iron Maiden became like too poppy for him. He mm. just like more and more like just totally like like kind of black metal, kind of like mm. just. Like really shouty, full of really fast guitar solos and stuff like that, which is personally I just find really uninteresting. Like it's not interesting at all to me as music. Uh, later on, I was with another group of guys, including Rob Repsol, who's been on the show, uh, who played drums and I played guitar, and we tried to form a band called Canon. We played, you know, we played together for a while, but it was hard because everyone in that band liked different music. There was nothing that unified us together where we went, yes, we all like. David Bowie, or are we all like whatever, you know, like there was no like no one answered a a cool ad in the in the paper that said, you know, do you like the Velvet Underground, David Bowie, and 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 whoever Roxy Music or something, whatever, like you know, some sort of cool list of bands, and right. we're gonna bond over this, and we're gonna like try and play that kind of music, and we're gonna create our own sort of thing out of that. It didn't work that way. And what what did you play in the band? I play guitar. Mm-hmm. Did you do vocals as well? I could never bring myself to sing. Just... Would you do backup vocals? I could never bring myself to sing. <laughs> I just didn't think I was a good singer. Okay. So in the other band as well, the other person was a singer? I uh, know I sang. 
But it was joking. It was a joke. It was fun. Your story holds no water. It was a silly. It was a silly fun, right? So I could I could do that because it wasn't serious. It was it wasn't me singing. It was Bert Lyman singing. No, I understand. You know his hit his hit song, Hey Green Frog. Where are you going? I can't remember how the lyrics were for that song now. Do you have it on the tape anywhere? I don't have it on tape anywhere. All my all my early tapes were destroyed in a in a brother related taping over incident. <laughs> All my Boo. hours, hours of, of radio shows and stuff I'd recorded as a, even before my voice changed, I had all the stuff on tape and my brother taped all, all over it. Okay. So my follow-up question is, if you had formed a band, like I know you did form two bands, yeah. but if you had formed the band that you want mm-hmm. wanted to form, what type of band would that have been? That's a good question. And at that time where I was being influenced most, it would have been sort of a Black Sabbath-y kind of a band. Because I was really into, uh, I really enjoyed um, the band whose name, why can't I remember their name suddenly? They did the band Locust Abortion Technician. You know that band, Butthole Surfers. I loved that <laughs> band so much at that time. But I re- what I really liked was their kind of like super gr- grimy hard rock songs that they were doing. Which at that time, which at that time weren't really done. Like you either played really fast, like, mm-hmm. you know, hardcore like speed speed metal or thrash you know punk you know kind of thrashy sort of punk rock where it's really fast and it was just around that time that blacks uh that black flag slowed their music down and uh the butthole surfers kind of slowed their music down and everyone kind of got out of like the speed metal all this thrash kind of stuff and started slowing down and that's what i really liked and so we used to rob and i used to like do these really loud long guitar drum jams where i would just play like these uh just really grinding grungy song this is before nirvana so yeah. this was just kind of is that sort of it was sort of music was sort of hearkening towards that coming out as people were finally accepting the fact that 70s early 70s uh heart rock and roll music was great and we're kind of like escaping the the the, the you know it's fine to you know everyone of course still like punk rock and stuff like that but we were kind of getting over the fact that we had drawn this like huge wall between 76 and everything that came before it you know like you know, 1977, no Beatles, no Stones, that kind of thing. So you're kind of getting into that and you're kind of like, oh, this music actually is pretty good. I remember like there was a, a radio show on CITR called Music from the Tar Pits and they would just play like early 70s music. And it was really great to hear again because you just so rejected it because it was so terrible. And you're like, oh my God, I have to pull up my We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll collection, you know, my Black Sabbath collection and stuff. Even though one side of it was totally wrecked because I'd actually stood on it on a cement floor <laughs> and just polished it to nothing but uh so i did my three-sided four uh two discs that but um yeah it was so many tales of destruction on this show. <laughs> tragic tales of destruction it was terrible but it was this accident because we were yep. putting records on and off the record player and 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 then it got stepped on and wrecked but anyway so uh yeah it was uh that's what i think we would have played because i was really i really enjoyed that kind of just super visceral loud crazy slow grinding music which really put us out of step with the rest of the guys in the group who wanted to play like more kind of Velvet Underground sort of right. music, which I do not like the Velvet Underground very much. I know everyone. Sorry. I know. It's I fine. know. That's fine. I know. No, people out there are very angry right now. Okay. Well, listen, we have some veterinarians. What about? We have some veterinarians in the audience. So veterinarians <laughs> that are listening, huh? do you like the Velvet Underground? Yeah. And if so, what era sure, sure. of Velvet Underground yeah, is yeah. your favorite? Yeah. How do There's you feel about Black Sabbath? <laughs> Black Sabbath is great. How, about, how do you feel about naming cats after members of Black Sabbath? That's fine. Ozzy, that's a good name. Yeah, Ozzy is a good name. Um, Geezer, that'd be a good name too. Geezer Butler, <laughs> their drummer. 
Where was he the bass player? Uh oh. Bill Ward. Uh oh. Once again, we have veterinarians listening. Yeah. Please, Please let us know let who know. the bass player was. You know that Ozzy was a singer. Tony Iommi <laughs> was on guitar. Geezer Butler. I think Geezer Butler was bass and Bill Ward was drums. I'm pretty sure, but I, I could be wrong. I could be getting mixed up. As I've gotten older, a lot of this information has been pushed out of we my head. We haven't done that the trivia so night important. in a long time. You're, we're not that fresh. It's so important. We used to rock the trivia nights, <laughs> we man. Did, we did. We used to rock them. And, we had a lot uh, of strength. Now, a yeah, strength. lot of strengths, and then uh, then it all changed. <laughs> Something strength. happened, and it all went south. <laughs> okay, so yeah. uh, so that's, that's all right. And uh, what would your band have been called? Oh, I would I would have loved to stick Sack with the name Blabbeth. <laughs> Slack, Slack Blabbeth, Slack Blabbeth, Slack Blabbeth. Yeah, Slack. No, I. Bl- I guess it would have to be. Sorry, you're right. Slack Babbeth would have to yeah, be. Slack that's that, that. Yeah. But I would prefer. Oh, I like that. Actually, it would kind of work also for the <laughs> '90s, right? The slacker culture. I would have. I always liked the name Canon as a name for Canon a band. Canon is a good name. Yeah, the name of the TV character Canon, not not the uh, munition. That's not as interesting to me. Uh, or Canon is in it. Uh, it's in continuity, not as that kind of Canon either. No, no, Very not good. not a two, not a not a one N name. Because uh, that would be interesting. It's just like uh, just saying, mm-hmm. listen, all these songs we're going to be playing are in continuity. <laughs> all in continuity. None of these are imaginary songs. Oh, that would have been good. They're all. Mm-hmm. They're all related to each other yeah. by the fact that we're playing them. All the follow-up albums have to reference the earlier albums, mm. acknowledge and build on them, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I saw the Butthole Surfers play. They played at, the Gra- they played at uh, Graceland here in Vancouver. And how did you like them? Oh, I loved it. It was great. They had two drummers, and they had like two uh, screens like um, projecting uh, surgery onto the back of the... <laughs> Surg- surgical film uh, onto the back of the uh, behind the band and uh, it was great. Yeah, Gibby was in great. Uh, it was good. It was a great show. Yeah, they really, um, they really were at that point. They were using like a lot of effects and stuff. Like he would just put his voice into like a repeater, some sort of thing that would just just kind of like how Laurie Anderson would do it. Like yeah. where she'd create a loop and play with herself. That sounds terrible. But play along with herself. It doesn't sound terrible that would be better. Play, plays along with herself. Yeah. And then they would do the same thing. He would create, they would create these loops and, and stuff, and then they would go on from there. They had a song called um, Sweat Loaf, which basically stole the riff from Sweet Leaf, the Black Sabbath song. Okay. But it started off like like a son talking to his dad, and then his his dad goes, uh, you know, it's like, Dad, I love you. And then it's just kind of like 50 sort of sound. And then yep. he goes, and remember, son, Satan, Satan, just kind of saying that over and over again. And they start playing the doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Which was the riff, the riff from Sweet Leaf? Here's my. Here's that my, was very exciting to me as a as a uh, teenager. No, that they I understand. Were, that they were playing Black Sabbath in a song by. Let, the, let me tell Surfers. you someone else who enjoyed Black Sabbath, uh, not Black Sabbath. Sorry, uh, who really enjoyed the Butthole Surfers? And yeah. this is my favorite Butthole Surfer. Movie. Okay, sure. Uh, it's not the band, but uh, there was a uh, a, a music uh, uh, writer, uh, um, Dave Watson. Oh, who yes, used Dave. to live up the yep. street from me mm-hmm. and uh, worked through the other press and uh, is very, was very good and sadly passed away a couple of years ago. Yes. But um, I saw him uh, when Yuck Yucks first opened in Vancouver. Okay. I went to the first open mic night and mm-hmm. he was at the first open mic night and uh, he went up and basically he just listed bands <laughs> and just like that was his bit was just like the butthole surfers oh. and they just repeat them yeah like the butthole surfers and people would start laughing because it's just like ridiculous all these names yeah yeah would list actual names of bands and that was the end of it, it was like thanks good night and uh, that was and, a good and he time left, and it was like a, a good kind of weird freak freak act 
And then mm-hmm. I went up and did my thing, and then both of us got critiqued by uh, Mark Breslin, as you do, because he's always there at the very beginning. And I think he did like Dave's stuff, and he really hated almost everyone else's stuff. <laughs> not, <laughs> not mine. It was weird, because like yeah. all the other comics, they'd be like, well, what are you thinking? What are you doing that for? You got to do that for that. And that, that, that. I'm like, oh, geez, this is not going to be. It's like, yeah, it's good. Keep it up. Uh, to me. It was like, all right, that's nice. Wow. But yeah. I had jokes. You had actual jokes. And Dave was a good uh, weird act Mm -hmm. because it was just like such a, you can always use like a a weird act in the middle to make people go, what was that? Well, I was sort of entertaining, but not sure what the, what was, what did you just, did you just list bands? (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Dave wrote some stuff for Generic Drivel. He was so, very good, yeah. He was a good writer, yeah. And he was a good good fellow. I always called him Hunter S. Watson, though, because whenever I met him, he was always stoned. <laughs> always stoned. Always talking about getting drunk and stuff like that. Yeah, he so. was what you wanted a rock writer to be. Like He, he, pretty he much, was like full he wanted, on. Yeah, he, yeah he, he was always like, when he saw him, he was talking about a concert he'd just been to mm-hmm. or what he was mm-hmm. going to. Or yeah. and then and then the Red Hot Chili Peppers came out with like just socks on their penises and it was fantastic <laughs> and everyone lost their minds yeah. and yeah. like I've all these memories of concerts I never saw because I talked to him about them and he just painted the picture so well. He saw them play at a very small club too, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, it could have been that small because they had big socks. Mm, did they? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, it's good. That, that's a thinking about butthole story. That's an interesting. That's a really interesting time period actually because that was basically. For like underground music coming out of, so in America, coming out of like speed metal kind of stuff, like play as fast as you can, like the Husker Du album, Land Speed Record, you know, where it's just like so, so fast and so crazy. And all of them are like that. And then suddenly everyone was just kind of like, you know what, let's not play this. Let's do our own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're going to like become like a, a hardcore pop band. Like a hard, you know, yeah. a rock and pop band like Husker Du, or we're gonna go psychedelic like the Meat Puppets, or we're gonna we're gonna go completely like Roots Rock like re- the Replacements. So, like everyone just kind of chose their own path they're gonna follow, and then and they were brilliant. Like they're so great. Like all that stuff was so great. The Surfers, everyone. Like they came out of this scene, and then they kind of went, yeah, we've gone this far. This is okay. Let's let's you know, let's also play other stuff that we like. That was really kind of a fun, exciting time to like like music. I I was I was never really into that kind of music at the time, but here's how I liked it: was I would like going, I would always go downtown because like whenever I could, and so you go on Granville Street and you go and stop off the comic store, get a little comic books, and mm-hmm. there you are, I'm in comic books. Yep. Maybe go to Burger King, get a little Whopper or something like that. Not sure. to be confused with the candies of the same name, and then. <laughs> I would like going into Odyssey, Odyssey Imports mm-hmm. that was there, yep. and I wouldn't like the music, but mm. I would like to look at the covers, because they were all, like, bizarre. Like a, Yeah, great a, covers. Yeah, it was like the Dayglow abortions and what I was like, what the heck is that? It was just so neat. Sure. And I liked the vibe of the store as well, mm-hmm. and I liked the people that were in there, and often I would see, like, a Dave Watson or something like there and then i go like how much do these albums cost jeez and i'm like 16 dollars don't i know it tug it collar slowly back up out of the store but i i have nice memories of all those bands because i liked the physical presence of the albums Mm -hmm. even though i was not a necessarily a fan of the music Oh, I can remember what records I bought at Odyssey Imports. Just because I didn't buy that many records there, because yeah, it was expensive. To, I to think buy directly stuff across the street was. I want to say like it wasn't. It was like the Black Widow or something, but it was like gothy type records as well. It was like directly across. It was mm. like the Black something. I don't remember it that. It was like one. all black. Everything okay. was black. Huh. And then in, yeah, you had the goths coming out of that. Because those were great days. When I first started going downtown, because there was Odyssey Imports, then there was Kelly's on the corner, mm-hmm. and then across. 
from there, there was Phantasmagoria that had actual listening booths where you could play records. Oh, wow. I was too impatient to do that, but yeah, there was <laughs> listening booths. Uh, yeah, and then, of course, there was more record stores farther down uh, the way. Yeah. Oh, was, the good was... old days of record stores, everyone. <laughs> How I miss them. Yes. I just miss being able to go to a place and look and look through their, their racks. Yeah. Like, you just I mean, don't get nowadays, that anymore. you can sit at home and magically go, I would like this computer. Here yeah. it is, David. And it like immediately shows up. And same thing with like every movie in the world too mm. for me. But yeah, there is something to being able to like go down to. No, because yeah, I can remember like going to AMB Sound, the local record store, looking through, you know, various artists and then finding The Queen is Dead, a new Smiths album that I had no idea was coming out because I just, yeah. I didn't read the, the papers that much because they were expensive. So, so I was like, what? You know, so I bought it. Yeah. Bought it on the spot because, you know, I was so excited. This, oh, get home. I actually almost forgot it on the bus, but I, <laughs> I was excited. I took it home, you know, and put it on right away, and it was so great. You know, I just, eh, just something well, that's, that's the, less exciting that's about. The tr- that's the trick now is, like, you can get anything you want, but it's difficult to be surprised. Mm. It's difficult to find the random new thing and be exposed to that, yeah. and you have to let yourself be open mm-hmm. to that, and that's mm-hmm. that's tricky. You know, you're going to go, I want to see a movie, and you don't go, like, like, I would go to the Ridge and, like, well, I know something weird is going to be playing at the yeah. Ridge. Let's yeah. go, let's just go see, oh, what the, oh. Yeah. Oh my God! What's that film? Oh my God! What's he doing? Jeez. Oh, okay, fine. And you'd be ex- exposed to something strange, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and that's a little trickier now, you know. I think it, so. Also, because things are a little more expensive too, and it's tough to go and just randomly throw money around. And oh, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. well, things. I guess things are more expensive, but also it just we have less money because yeah, things are more expensive now. You're right. Rent if you're going out, if you're going are, out to the movies, yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's uh, it's tough to like you know throw the money down to see a movie that you're not sure is going to be good or not mm-hmm. when it's going to be thirteen dollars, fifteen dollars, <laughs> what have you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a bit. That's a bit tricky. By the time you throw in popcorn, eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. I guess there's a little bit of that with stuff like Netflix, where you might be flicking along and just going, "Well, what's this thing? That seems weird." Click, and you can actually like you know see an odd, weird, sure. little artsy, weird, strange yep. movie. You know, that's 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 there. I'm not quite sure where you'd find it in music now, unless you were listening to like college radio or you know podcasts, possibly sure. about music that sure. would recommend things. Yeah, but even with Netflix, in a way, you you are at the mercy of their algorithms, their algorithms, or the, or their their own tastes, because they're the ones who are buying stuff and putting it up based mm-hmm. on whatever they they use to buy things. You know, if it's and if it's these are the most popular things that we think are out there. I don't care about it. Though there still is much greater variety than we mm-hmm. would have gotten 10 years ago with, I don't know, whatever, oh, yeah, of course, but... whatever you would find mm-hmm. on cable or, or what have you. So we're both blessed and cursed. Yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. I mean, it's better that way. But it is, in a way, yeah, just the the lack of discovery or, or how do you discover? Like if you listen to Spotify, how do you discover new music? Do you just go new music? Or do you go... I don't know. You can. I guess. They I... will just randomly play you some new stuff mm-hmm. if you want. You could. But even, even, yeah. But in a way, in a way, I like my music curated. Like, I like, I subscribe to British music magazines. And so they'll come with a CD and then they'll have like a sample of music from that month mm-hmm. that they like. And so, you know, I might like some of those songs too on those CDs. I don't like all of them, obviously, but I do like some of those songs. Yeah. And sometimes you'll discover something new that you've never heard of before that you, this is fantastic. Well, you just put up a thing on our, on, on, I think, on one of our pages about Brave New Waves, right? You were like, was that you or nope. was that someone, someone else? On our pages about Brave New Waves? Yeah. Was that not you? Nope. Something happened. Uh, <laughs> something got clicked on there. Uh, but like, yeah, there you it go. used That's to be show. like CBC Radio mm-hmm. used to have, you know, uh, you know, 
play a, a lot of like alternative stuff and you yeah. could like learn yeah. you know uh new bands from that kind of thing I, i'm not sure if cbc still does that i don't listen to a lot of cbc it doesn't the brave new waves is gone and nightlands is gone what the hell do we have a Brave New Waves thing on our page? I gotta check that out. <laughs> yes, must have might, might have clicked on something while I was, you know, getting off sugar. I've been very sleepy lately with that. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, Brave New Waves is a good example of of a show where it was curated, and either you like the taste of the hosts or the producers, or you didn't. Right, it was really the up to the producers, mm-hmm. but it still was. Uh, you know, even that, it's like having a, a friend, you know, who's going like, you might like this, you might like that, you sure. might like this. Sure. I mean, for me as a teenager, that was CITR, the local college radio station. They had, they played alternate music, so you'd hear... And CITR still you know. exists. And believe it or not, when I was a teenager, alternate music was, yes, Violent Femmes and, and all this stuff, but also LL Cool J mm. was alternate music. Because they were not, rap music wasn't played on the radio, so it was played on alternative uh, forums and one of those was college radio and so you'd I listen you know I remember hearing radio and I remember hearing you know early public enemy and you know Curtis Blow and all that early stuff on, on you know and I like that stuff quite a bit maybe I maybe I clicked on this link it's weird but yeah there's a there's a thing on our, our Facebook page about how uh, the radio show Brave New Waves helped build Canada's underground scene so why not listen to it and or, or click on that on our Facebook page and, and see if you can figure out why the hell why, I click I put why did that you, up? Why did you do it? It sounds sounds like an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I, I really should check out more of our things on yeah. our pages. <laughs> also, let's let's throw that out there to our uh, to our listeners as well because we're kind of coming up to the wrap up point. Is where do you find the new things in your life? Yeah, that excite I'm curious. You? And I'm I'm talking like music. It could be like uh, films, uh, comics. Where do you uh, mm-hmm. where do you find the new? Because, yeah. you know, hey, I, something I like doing, one of my favorite things doing at a restaurant is going to a place that doesn't tell me what they're going to serve me. I do like that. I like anything that's like a chef's <laughs> choice type situation. Okay. I really like the randomness of that. That's not for me. It's that's for not, me. It's weird because for me, yeah. I'm spending money. Yep. And it's something that I don't do very often. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to, you know, eat all the time in a restaurant. So right. when I go to a restaurant, it's got to work. I cannot, can't be a bad surprise. I can't yeah. get, you know, a pile of mushrooms. I think people are like that with movies and yeah. stuff for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're going out on a date, this has to work. We both have to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I can't be sitting there awkwardly with someone who doesn't like, oh, good, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think we're yeah. very lucky in Vancouver. We got uh, this uh, theater called uh, Tinseltown. Uh, well, it's Tinseltown Mall, and it's like uh, it's 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 got it's now the art house kind of movie place. Sort of. It's a kind of a mix. Of, it's kind of a weird. It's kind of a hybrid. mix, but there's some weird shit there. Mm-hmm. There's always like because there's like about ten theaters, and there's mm-hmm. at least three playing. What? You know yeah. what's that? Mm-hmm. So you know it's nice having that kind of random element uh, uh, to it. And sometimes I'll go down and check out something that's uh, that's strange. So that's 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 nice having that. But where do you find the new? Why not let us know? How will you let us know? Well, I'll tell you, and then we'll get back to our contest. SneakyDragon.com is our website. We have a message board there. We'd love to hear from you there. Our email is SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. Twitter, Sneaky underscore Dragon. I'll tell you our password, too. You can post. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, we're SneakyDragon.tumblr.com. Uh, and uh, what, what am I missing in that thing? Eh, nothing. Facebook. <laughs> did, you say, did you say Twitter? Yeah. Did you say the website comments board? I said it all. And uh, our contest again is if you want your own special just for you episode of Sneaky Dragon, just for you, give us three topics you want us to talk about. We'll Mm -hmm. do an hour long episode for you and send it to you and you can do whatever you want with it. Yep. And some of your, uh, and I'm kind of thinking that with some of the, some of people have asked questions 
And if you don't get drawn, I think I'll just roll those over into the question show. Oh, okay. Which is coming up this We're year. We're doing another question show? Yeah, it's coming up this year. Oh, my God. All right, episode... I'll, I'll, I'll put 15 hours aside. <laughs> episode 350. Oh, God. <laughs> fair enough. Fair, those, those fair are, enough. To be honest with you, those are the shows that I love the most. Woo! I just, it's just fun to like get questions from people and you just get to answer sure, them. No, I enjoy a, a Q&A show. That's absolutely fun. Sorry, I just got to stand up because I'm getting a leg cramp. Okay, Dave's getting leg cramps, so we're going to wrap it up uh, <laughs> as, as uh, Dave cramps. Uh, once again, March 8th, uh, another, another we're going to be band. doing a signing at Kids Books uh, for our book, Sparks. We hope to see you there. That's the next time you'd be able to see us live, probably. And uh, Dave will color something for you. He will even color stuff that's not our book. Just bring a coloring book. Dave will color a page of it for you, in front of you. <laughs> What? Yep, that's something he'll do. Oh, I think I missed something with this leg cramp. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I've been Ian. I've been David. And Dave should actually be wrapping up this episode because this is episode. Go, wrap it up. <laughs> just wrapped it up already. No, you wrap it up. You've got to wrap it up. Okay. Legally. All right. For tax purposes, you've got to wrap it up. Okay. I'm David Edrick. I'm Ian Boothby. Goodbye, everyone. That was good wrapping it up. Thank you. Do you want a blanket? What's that? Would you like a blanket? Uh, no, no, I'm okay. Okay. I got access to an electric blanket. I could give you an electric... Do you want an electric no, blanket? No, no, I'm fine. Why do I, I seem really you cold? You look really cold right now. Yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a bit chilled. Would you like an electric blanket? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. I'll warm up during it the show. It won't make any noise and it'll just <laughs> keep you warm. Hum. Okay. All right. But when you want it, it's here. And I, I just will. plug it in there. It reaches here. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's start the show with a bang. The electric blanket's exploding <laughs> with me in it. Mm-hmm. Okay.